And we're back. Episode 37 of the Art and BS podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. What's going down, you guys? First guest of 2020, we here. Different format, the Dirty Dozen, straight out the oven. Pull, pull your socks up. You know it's really good. Let's do some housekeeping. Shout outs to the people on Apple. Shout outs to those on Spotify still listening. The three cats over on Google holding us down. Pull your feet up. You know what's cracking. Smoke it if you got it. Drink it if you got it. Listeners on the web, thank you for coming back. Shout outs to the art lovers and the patrons. We, we got to give you guys shout outs, man. The people who support us in the arts so we can keep making art. We appreciate you guys. Keep supporting art. The book's still for sale. Check it out in my bio. Teespring is still popping. If you guys are interested in getting hoodies to support the podcast so we can get equipment. Shout out to the Badkin Custom Framery. If you guys are in the Fresno area and you want to get some quality frames, hit them up. I love rocking with the casings. They're probably gone right now, but check them out. Hit up Nigel. And also, if you're in the market for some quality panels, they also have the ACM, which is aluminum composite material. They have, I believe, lead primed, oil primed, and copper. So you want some really, really baller panels, hit up Nigel over at the Badkin. We got you. We're here. Episode 37 of the Art and BS Podcast. I like to give the people what they want. I like to give the people what they ask for. You know what the people ask for? They're like, James, man, what's up with the ladies? What's up with the queens? You got to have them back. And I'm like, yeah, I'm juggling. I'm trying to get guests in the pocket. Everybody's busy. Holiday commissions are coming to a close. So we're here. We're back. You guys saw the description. You know who's up in the place today. Today we have the one, the only, Carrie Tavares. Taves. Taves. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, Taves. Okay, see, that's how bad I am, guys. But you know, it's all good. Carrie, thanks for coming out. <laughs> Tavares is cool. They were a disco group, I think. That's okay. That's tight. Yeah, I had the spelling in my name. But yeah, Tavares, how you doing, Carrie? Really well. Thanks for having me, James. Thanks for coming out. So, Carrie, so this is your first introduction into the Art and BS family, and we're about to put you through the obstacle course, and then at the end of the show, you'll be alumni. So, just, (laughs) this is about to be beautiful. It's an honor. It's an honor. Sure. So, why don't you tell the family what your first experience was actually seeing art? Seeing art. Wow. Okay. So I think I was aware of art as art, probably in elementary school. Um, it was something that I knew that I, uh, I loved and always appreciated when a teacher actually did art in the classroom, which was mm-hmm. kind of rare. Um, took a few classes, high school, college, um, but didn't pursue it and um kind of went on with adult life and married kids and then about four years ago though it sort of sprung up into my life big time um i went to one of those fun paint nights you know Mm. where everybody paints the same Mm. thing and um, it was a buddy of mine that was putting on the paint night and um my painting looked a little different than my friends Mm -hmm. you know and and he just said hey you know you need to pursue this and I thought about that. I'm like, you know, I want to pursue this. Okay. So, um, so that really was exactly four years ago. Um, started with acrylics. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you want me to go into all this? So let's far? Talk okay, about, all right, yeah, let's all right. get it. So started with acrylics and and didn't know what to do really. So started watching YouTube videos, trying mm-hmm. to figure out um, what to do with all of this, and um, enjoyed it. 
got about six months into it and I felt like I, you know, I was just making clutter. Mm. Uh, it's another thing to go in my closet or under mm -hmm. the bed. And, um, so, and I wanted to, I want, if I was going to do this and be serious about it, I wanted it to have more meaning okay. for me, for, uh, to have a little more purpose sure. for me. So, um, and coincidentally, I'm, I'm involved with a charity, uh, called when I grew up and we help children living in extreme poverty. And so the thought came, paint their story, tell their story. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was my purpose. That was um, that gave me meaning to paint. And so I started painting, trying to um, tell the story of children living in extreme poverty uh, through whether it's their portrait or maybe um, the slum. And that's just kind of where it, it kept me motivated, kept me learning, big learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, stayed with acrylics for a couple of years and switched over to, to oil painting because I wanted to... Um, just broaden that horizon. Mm -hmm. So what was the tipping point that made you leave acrylics and go over to oils full time? Part of it was frustration. Um, wanting to be able to paint portraits with um, smooth skin face, uh, skin tones. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was having a difficult time achieving that with acrylic. Mm -hmm. And you know, you learn different techniques, whether it's using like a, an airbrush, just misting water on there and trying to, um, so that the, the acrylic paint stays moist so uh -huh. that you can keep it moving yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Vic and does that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the guys cool. down the hall, yeah. All right, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and that's that's a really cool way to, to keep acrylic moving, but um, I felt like um, further down the road, I wanted to um, have some to sit under somebody, to be coached by somebody who was mm -hmm. further along than me. Cause mm -hmm. I, I felt like I got as far as I could on uh -huh. with YouTube videos. Okay. And so, um, I felt like the switch to oil actually would help for me in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, cause the person that I was wanting to call in and, your and mentor. Sit under, yeah, my mentor, he was uh, very much an oil painter. Okay. And so, who was your mentor? So Stefan Bauman, I actually found him on YouTube, but he does worldwide coaching. You just call my, I have a phone call every Wednesday morning mm -hmm. at 7 a.m. I mm -hmm. get 30 minutes. We discuss what I'm working mm -hmm. on. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen Bauman, right? Stephen Bauman, yeah. Yeah, he paints like the red haired girls or no? No, this is Stephen with an F. Oh, okay. Similar, similar, sounds similar because I was yeah. going to say, okay, different yeah. guy, okay. Yeah. The, but this guy, he doesn't, he's not from like Florence Academy. He doesn't teach like grants or, yeah, because that guy's taught at Florence Academy. Yeah. Same, same guy or different guy? Different guy. Okay. This guy's more of a Western artist and, and I'm and we don't have similar styles or even similar interests in what okay. we're painting I just wanted somebody who would be able to um, like I said further down the road able to coach me through mm. um, art and and even marketing and mm. you know having to learn all of that. all of this is new everything's new okay. as an artist I feel like you mm -hmm. know every every step is new trying to pull it all together and learn. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in a huge learning curve. Mm -hmm. So I think we all are. Yeah. We're all just like filling your way through a dark room. Right. You know? I don't and know when the learning curve ends. Never. <laughs> no, that's what like every, because I, I ask people, I'm like, when? And it's like, it doesn't stop. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I just, you know, man, like, but artists, you know, I, I keep hearing that artists have masochistic personalities. Like we <laughs> love, you know, just like to torture ourselves to do these like crazy long paintings and like to dedicate ourselves to something that's long and tedious, you yep. know, so I'm just like, it, we just have to enjoy Painful. the ride. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So how'd you get involved in the humanitarian work? 
Well, um, it is actually um, an organization that started within my church and then it grew outside of it. It became its own 501c3. And I, okay. I just, I learned through of it through there. I said, hey, if you guys need anybody to help volunteer stuff, envelopes or whatever, let me know. Mm -hmm. And and actually I became op operations manager. Mm -hmm. So I do the, the back office work okay. and then started traveling to visit um, the th we have three different partners, one in Kenya, one in Haiti, and one in Guatemala. Mm. And so once I started traveling and seeing with my own eyes mm -hmm. the devastation of extreme poverty, you know, it just really gets in your heart. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you got to, yeah, it just kind of makes you question everything. Yeah, and <laughs> you, start, you have a different level of appreciation, right? Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, okay, so you, you, so you traveled to, where exactly did you travel to? Kenya okay. and within Kenya the the capital of Kenya is Nairobi mm -hmm. and Nairobi has probably some of the biggest slums in all of Africa and so the slum that we visit is called Huruma it's probably the third biggest slum in in um, Nairobi Kenya mm -hmm. area and um, I mean it's it's bad you mm -hmm. know there's there's no running water there's no sewerage system everybody lives in maybe a, a 10 by 10 room and it's um, you know made of cardboard and, and tin or whatever can be put mm. together and such. And so within that slum, though, is is a school where people who grew up in Haruma were trying to help children who were coming up to get an education. Because okay. that's a huge thing to be able to get an education mm -hmm. and um, come back and serve your com community with the education that you received. And it helps break that cycle of, of poverty. And that's the goal, mm -hmm. to break the cycle. Mm. Okay. Seems like that's really... Uh, it, it seems like that is the key to allow people who are from the community because it, it's like wherever you're from, you have a deep rooted love for. So if you're equipped with the tools to help right. fix it, then, you know. Right. And I think that's the key with with uh, with our organization is that we are trying to empower the leaders who are there on the ground in ground zero mm -hmm. and to raise their own community and not us come in and do everything, you know, cause right. I think that that that's when helping hurts. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, we just want to be, uh, bring out relationship, um, and try to raise money here. And so that they are able to do what they're so uniquely positioned to do there. Mm -hmm. And because I think that's one of the things that they, they don't lack, the intelligence or the skills, but but when you're working in the slums, you often lack the resources. Mm -hmm. So we try to yeah. bring the resources. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's you know, and every I think that every time that people hear that, like, okay, this is something that I, you should be thinking about because there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, in the world right now. But it's good that even though you know all of the BS is happening, there's still organizations they're trying to help. And, and for me, I always wonder, like, um, because it, it's something that, you know, I think about, I look at a lot of art that's coming out of Africa, and I'm like, wow, these countries are like, they're hurting, but they still create, like, beautiful art. And there's like, in Nigeria has a crazy hyper-realism movement oh. that's happening right now. <laughs> you know, so it's definitely interesting to, to hear, but also, you know, um, going back to your story because I don't want to get away from that. So when you were there, were you already making artwork or was that afterwards? Did you start making artwork after? Right. So I probably the first time I visited Kenya was in 2011 mm -hmm. and I started making art in 2016. Okay. 
So. Okay, so that's not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. Okay. So what's your so talk about your painting practice? Do you paint? Do you have a studio? Do you paint like at home? How you? Let's get let's get to the. All right. So mm -hmm. pretty pretty humble, pretty basic. I have a. I use um, our spare bedroom, mm -hmm. and I have an easel set up in my paints, and um, try to have all the windows open, okay. and, and have my studio light, okay. and um, get some music going, and that's that's about as glamorous as it gets. Okay, so what do you like <laughs> to paint to? Oh man, it just depends on the day. It could be anything from rush to jazz to... Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire to the Commodores to everything. It's okay. all over the place. Okay, yep. got yep. you. Yeah, that <laughs> 80s was... music. I'm an 80s girl. A lot <laughs> okay. of 80s music comes okay. through. <laughs> okay, okay, get that Hall of Notes popping, huh? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> For real, right? That's good yeah. stuff. So now let, let's talk more about your painting practice. Like when you're painting, because I noticed that you do still life paintings, correct? Correct. So now when you do still life paintings, are you painting primarily from life? Or are you painting? Yes. Can you talk about yes. that? Yes. All right. So um, I actually started off painting from photographs. And that's one of the things that I'm in some ways forced to do when I'm painting uh, some of the children from Kenya or mm -hmm. the streets because um, it's really impossible to paint there in the slum. It's just not safe to sure. do that. So, yeah. So, um, Photographs. Um, I've learned to to how to set up a still life, creating the right light effect. You know, it's all about the effects, the, the light and the shadows, and mm -hmm. um, and trying because the object ex itself is is boring on its own. So um, if you can create the right the right light, the right shadows, and that's just something that I have set up on a dresser, and then I just move my light around and, mm -hmm. and try to establish that. Um, I've also Probably, and that's been in the last two years is painting from from life mm -hmm. um, and then and trying to also take on the challenge of plein air painting or mm -hmm. painting outdoors yeah, that's and, fun right mm -hmm. right and so um, I think both of those just stretch you and and so when you do have to paint from a photograph I think the skills that that you've learned from painting from life you can apply those things and get a better painting mm -hmm. yeah for sure Yep, talk that talk. For <laughs> real, talk that talk. I know that, you know, there is a, there's a, a school out there that, you know, f painting from photographs, you know, is totally, shouldn't be done. You should paint from life as much as possible. And, and there's there's some truth in that, that, that maybe the, the colors are, are different from life, that photography honestly can't capture everything that the eye can see. But I, you know, I think that we live in the, in modern times and, and photography can aid us in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Yeah, so yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't want to be too dogmatic. I want to be able to, to paint whichever way is presented to mm -hmm. me, yeah. be open to anything. And have the most effective way to make a painting. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. You want a good result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think that's what the, the, the overall principle is, is we want to have good artwork, but it's some, like there, there's, there's a point where, you need to have a certain capacity to draw in order to create a great painting. You need to have a certain capacity to understand like what you're seeing. And when you first start, it's easy to overlook the importance of those tools, you know, or like, or those skills that you need to sharpen. But as like you get deeper into art, you're like, oh, wow, these things really are important. And the reason they've been around since the old masters is because they're so important, right. you know, um, right. 
And I think, well, and starting with photographs is actually a really great place to start because mm -hmm. it's already in 2D for you. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's, it's easier to, to paint off the bat from a photograph, but mm -hmm. once you start painting from life and everything's in 3D, then you have to transform that into 2D mm -hmm. on, on the, the canvas. So. Mm -hmm. So I think, but anyway, great. They are, mm -hmm. They're all work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You, yeah, huh? I never thought about it as separating, like, cause I, I think about it like that. But it, it, like, in my brain with painting, it's like whatever I'm looking at, I'm, I'm taking like a piece of that and like transferring it onto the panel. So it's just like it's like this weird game of, uh, like connect four or something or we'll like jenga yeah, yeah exactly so that's kind of like the way my brain kind of works in relationships but i totally agree with you in the in the aspect of it being um um it's weird because like depth of field that's something that like that's what gets me going i love like that whole pushing and pulling thing mm -hmm. so no matter what that's like the overall goal for me even if i'm like taking a picture because just like you can't like sunsets i have to go and i take pictures i've been paying a lot of those lately but getting and you can play an air paint a sunset but for me like i'm trying to but you only have five minutes or yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah that's it like five to like that like that one like part that you want to get is just there for a fraction yes. of a second so yeah i definitely um i said okay if i want to do this i have to go and take a bunch of pictures and then just bring them back to the studio and then you know knock them out um yeah. and well, i do both i mm -hmm. start out plein air mm -hmm. take my picture and then um you know because really you only have mm -hmm. so many minutes before the lighting changes yeah. anyway but you know and i i paint maybe an hour and then finish up in the studio, the studio. with the reference of the photo mm -hmm. so yeah, use it all. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you do like smaller, like, do you ever do like the small painting and then like the big one, like a bigger studio version of like your small plane there? I haven't, usually, yeah, I like, haven't done that yet. Okay. Yeah. I, um, so far I've been enjoying the smaller panels, okay. like eight by 10, okay. nine by 12. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Eight by 10, nine by 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why that's kind of large. I paint like six by nines, five by sevens, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. But yeah, those, the eight by 10, that's good yeah. stuff. And wow. I saved the bigger canvases, bigger panels, like uh, 24 by 36 for maybe like the more epic paintings of maybe the children at school or, mm, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Talk about, so when you are when you're making those larger paintings, what is your process in actually going about like making the painting? Are you doing a drawing separate? Or are you drawing on the canvas? How is that all working out? Well, so far my my process is still really fluid. Okay. I feel like I um, I I need some more experience to to be able to say this is how it should be done. I'm okay. not there yet. Yeah. I'm not um, right now. I'm really enjoying painting on panels, even at 25 by. 24 by 36 mm -hmm. um, because especially when I'm trying to do details like in the face um, I feel like the canvas the tooth of the canvas mm -hmm. sometimes um, roughs that up a little bit mm -hmm. so the Here, panel this real quick touch that uh, yeah. That's linen. Is it? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What I just touched was something really smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, leather. You guys like, it's the, the backpack page. Yeah. You guys relax. Y'all, yeah. see? And that, that, I didn't even go. That wasn't even what my brain was at. 
See, and you talk about me being PG. See, I'm all the way PG, man. Oh my gosh, that yes, was hilarious. Dude, let's go. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> So you must use a lot of gesso or something. <laughs> no, that was just, that's linen. So, okay. No, check it out. It's like board. It's wood yeah. board. And then you just glue the linen on. Nice. And then that's, okay. that's how smooth linen, but that's why it's expensive because it's like that smooth. You know, but yeah. once you, once you paint it, it's like, oh wow, this is like painting on a stick of butter. Sure. You know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely prefer that over canvas. Mm -hmm. And, um, I usually don't, um, Put a wash on. I paint straight on the white. Mm -hmm. um, I sketch a little bit with pencil, sketch a little bit with the brush, and then start with the darkest darks, and then just kind of keep moving around. I try to to paint pretty much the whole canvas all at or at once mm -hmm. because um, I don't like having a bare spot, and I think that white throws off what I'm trying to do with the other colors and stuff too. So I try to get everything moving all at once, and then go down to the details and stuff. So okay. So when you're painting, now do you do an underpainting like in raw sienna or raw umber, or are you just like going yeah. in like ah? Are you just are we going in or like where are we? What's I've where are we done going? a little bit of both. Okay. Um, trying to, I have a hard time staying with just the like the burnt umber or the the ultramarine blue. You know, mm -hmm. mixing that to make black, and then um, I I go straight to colors really quickly, okay. and um, I think. Probably, I know that that stain with like the monochromatic to, to create the, the darks and the lights and stuff, um, a lot of artists like to do that. And I think it's really smart. I think I just get really impatient. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I do go straight to color. Mm -hmm. And Also another benefit for it, Carrie, is if your painting is warm, right, then you can use like a raw umber, which is cool. If it's cool, you can use a raw sienna, which is warm. You do your underpainting and then that shows you how far you need to push the color temperature. Mm -hmm. Because if you start at the opposite end of the thermometer, then you can see like, oh, this needs to be cooler. Oh, this needs to be warmer. And that's like the perk of right. doing underpainting. Right, and temperature to me is, is something that's only been in my vocabulary the last couple of years. Because mm -hmm. I really didn't understand that the first couple of years trying to watch YouTube videos mm -hmm. and try to gather all this and then when I found my painting coach and he started discussing temperature mm -hmm. and boy that's a really important piece to painting mm -hmm. and understanding the cools mm -hmm. and the warms and, yeah. and, and how that applies to pretty much everything <laughs> yeah yeah it does but you know what they say value does all the work color gets all the glory exactly so that's yep. that i mean like the first step i mean like you said i'm getting the darkest darks in there and so that as long as the value structure is is on point then mm -hmm. i feel like things can fall into place mm -hmm. you know a lot of other stuff is you know that's just added spice to the soup you know it's as long as you have the 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 key pieces to the foundation there then you know boom you can do that because in a la prima paintings you might not have time to do like a full underpainting because it's wet on wet right unless you're using like a fast drying medium or something like that Absolutely. so there's that so yeah do you, do you do you do a lot of a la prima or is it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, mostly yeah, what yeah. you do, right? Yeah, for All the most part. So, and yeah. sometimes, some of my paintings take longer, uh -huh. but like a lot of them like are three hour paintings or like one sitting paintings. But some, like that mixer, that was like a long, I, I took a long time yeah. on that one, you know, because it just, I wanted to have that look to it. You yeah, know? that's cool. I, All the Prima is a great goal. Mm -hmm. I, I've probably successfully 
have done maybe two or three all prima mm-hmm. paintings. Many, most of them, I you know, one session and you have to come back and fix everything mm-hmm. the second session. Yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah. But finishing in that one section and mm-hmm. se- session and then calling it good, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe two or three times. Right. So. Well, and also my thing is not falling in love with my artwork and knowing that this is a stepping stone for me to get to where I want to get to. All this is just practice, you know? So, so with that, I'm able to paint for three hours and wherever it's at, it's that it's there. And then I'll take what I learned, push the next piece, push the next piece and just build on each painting because that's the whole thing. You know, when you look and you hear all these grandmasters painted like 500, 5,000 paintings, 1200, 1500 paintings, these paintings, there are a lot of small paintings, but then there are a lot of big paintings. So you have to keep going and not stick on one thing forever. You know. Yeah, and I think that's a really healthy mindset too to to not fall in love with it because otherwise, or at least you feel like you have to pressure that it has to get to the point where you love it because mm-hmm. then not too many paintings always get to that yeah, point. So exactly <laughs> right. Then you have less success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so it's like okay, what what's my goal on here? What am I learning? You know, mm-hmm. like do I want to have more soft edges? Do I want to like work on my transparencies? Do I want to work on how I'm you know manipulating reds or like applying more color to mm-hmm. things? And when you have those goals in mind, then you can take the pressure off of yourself. Because as yeah. artists, we're already under a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, of like looking at all of these people who are in the art world and comparing ourselves to them. Yeah. There's the pressure of like us creating something in a short amount of time. There's a pressure of just like life, you know, family work, all of that oh, stuff. Oh, and builds, anytime you, know? you post anything, I have this little mini panic attack, you know, because you're going to be instantly judged as soon as it's posted. And <laughs> like, oh, did I just post that? Let me erase it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what's funny is I'm pretty like, I don't, for me it's not that doesn't bother me. What I've really been bad on is like dates lately. I've been really like, I'll like do a flyer and people are like, bro, you put 2016 on there. And I'm like, yeah, I've been stressed. I'm, <laughs> I'm painting, I'm doing all this stuff. So I like that. But as far as art goes, because what I like to think is there's not a lot of people who do what we do, right? So in what we do, we're sharing beauty with the world. We're enabling people through our hard work and our um, you know, sacrifice our time. No, we're trying to put a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. So with that, you should feel good about, you know, what you're putting out there and what you're giving back because there's there's different levels to the game and like it where we're at, it's like not everyone can run up. Like you have to put some work in, you know, and you know because you've put, you know, you're a few years in, you you've had you you got the acrylic under your belt, you got the oil under your belt, you've went to a mentor. So those are the things that are important that artists don't really see you know right. getting a mentor you know having going to a workshop if you can you yeah, know and, and exactly. things like that will change your life and they'll expand your perspective in art right and I think it's really interesting too like how you said it's really important it's hard to think gosh what we're doing is important but people will travel all across the world to go visit a museum mm-hmm. to go look at art you mm-hmm. know and I yeah. They build buildings to house art, and they don't mm-hmm. do that for too many occupations. Yeah, uh, so it's really true. cool. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the thing is, is um, as time as we're in entering modern times, I feel like society, and I've said this a lot, society is doing better as a whole, right? So like, you know, in the ages of like Leonardo and the the Medici families. There were patrons, but like now 
things are different. Women have their own businesses, you know, like, so with, with, with the advent of just that, like, I feel like the, and for me, I always say 80% of my patrons are women, right? So society as a whole is doing better. Everybody's able to actually make their own purchases if they want to invest in art. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is what I've been trying to figure out is how to educate people in the importance of actually collecting art you know because it takes there's a special type of person that says hey i want a handmade painting as opposed to like the painting that's it's at home goods mm -hmm. you know that's for 25 bucks right. you know i can buy a 25 dollar ice cream from target you know that's mass produced or i can pay an artist you know for a one of one oil painting that's you know mine exclusively so it's for me it's attempting to have that uh, conversation with people but also creating things that connect with them you know and um and that's yeah. key because i think when a when a patron a buyer mm -hmm. you know when they connect with a painting that's that really amazes me you mm -hmm. know that there's an emotional connection with you know something that's been painted and mm -hmm. and and i don't probably you've heard this as well like somebody will say I was just drawn to it and mm -hmm. I think that's just an incredible it's incredible for yeah. me to hear it mm -hmm. and yeah it's a beautiful connection yeah <laughs> so now Carrie let's talk about like um so as far as okay so you you've been grinding now have you I know that you you because the first time I ever saw your work was at the Fresno Water Tower I went over there, I was dropping off some stickers for the podcast, and I went and I, saw, I said, hey, this lady has nice frames. Like, that was the first guy, and I was like, her paintings are nice, too. But I'm like, I, I look at the whole, the tuxedo, and the, the what's inside the tuxedo. You know, so I'm like, okay, nice frames, nice paintings. So I'm curious, like, are you doing shows are you scheduled like you have any art shows solo shows coming up are you working on like a body of work like what do you have going on i think well one step for me was having artwork at the fresno um water tower mm -hmm. so that so it was out in public somewhere um mm -hmm. i'm not pursuing galleries um what i try to do with um the funds that i gain from selling artwork is I donate 75% to the organization when I grow up. And so um, f for me, I'm trying to keep as much uh, of the, the income as possible rather than splitting it with a gallery. So mm -hmm. nothing against galleries, but that's just where I'm sure. at with why, mm -hmm. where I'm selling. Um, I've, I've been doing a couple of art hops. Readly, I'm from Readly, so Readly actually had an art pop for the very first time. Shout outs to Readly. Yeah, back in September, and it was amazing. The really? uh, the entire town showed up. Wow. There wasn't a parking spot to be had in downtown nice. Readly, and it was so successful. So I was really glad that uh, the Readly Chamber jumped on board with mm -hmm. and seeing the value of art. And um, we didn't the me like the other artists that were there i think there were over 30 artists wow. um, that are from the area we didn't know about each other because mm. it's kind of a quiet yeah. yeah quiet town so um also for the fall semester i did have a display at Reedley college and it had all of my humanitarian art in their library okay and so that was good i cool. appreciated that from them nice mm -hmm. yeah that's other hard. than that facebook instagram mm -hmm. um, and my my website is mm -hmm. another place you can find my art. So yeah, CarrieTavesArt.com. Check her out, you guys. <laughs> Carrie Taves. Yeah, we see. But you know what? That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um. Now, what would you say 
right now is your fave like what what is your is the subject matter because you're doing still life you're doing mm -hmm. landscapes you're doing portraiture like what is the stuff that really grabs you as far as like right now where you're at in your artistic yep. practice okay so the two main things i think that um really grab me first are um the children that that i try to serve so and the communities, so Kenya, Haiti, Guatemala, but also Fresno County, um, born and raised here in this area. And um, I love our blossom trail season mm -hmm. and I th our sequoias and uh, Grant Grove, all of that, the national parks that are just so close. And I mean, so the whole Central Valley, I think, is such a unique uh, treasure of um, amazing seasons. Mm -hmm. And so so some of my artwork, especially the ones that are at the Fresno Art Museum, I try to just show the beauty of our Central Valley and um, so that other people can appreciate it too yeah. and not take it for granted that, you know, especially if you drive out in the, the country part of Fresno County during blossom season, so February, mm -hmm. March, I mean, it's just gorgeous. And there's no other place on earth that has that many trees in full bloom, mm -hmm. pinks and whites. And, yeah, so. yeah, that is definitely mm -hmm. cool. So didn't you enter the Fresno Fair this I year? Did. Mm -hmm. I okay, did, I did. Okay, talk about okay. that. Okay, um, I entered a couple of pieces, one into the, the blossom trail uh, section. Didn't do anything there, but um, I also entered in one of the, the portraits of um, a child that was in the slum mm -hmm. um, and it was called see me because um, that's what she was kind of trying to do at that time was trying to get the attention of, of the people that, that were visiting her home mm -hmm. and um, and I think that that's one of the things that extreme poverty does is it makes you invisible Mm. And so, and that's what I try to do with my art is to make the invisible visible so mm. that the world is seeing them that, you know, and, um, so I was able to get second place with that particular painting. Nice. I'm really grateful. And, um, finally had the courage to enter as, um, an advanced artist rather than the beginning artist mm. section. So that okay. was a big step for me. Yeah, like you're beating up on people in the beginning <laughs> artist section. Like, oh, give me that ribbon. Give me that ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That's good stuff. Yep. And now it's like, okay, I've arrived. You know, yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. So now is there like is there a Readly Fair? Can you enter stuff? Do they have like an art um We have a big Readly Fiesta every year and at, there were previous years where we had an art um competition, but it okay. hasn't been for several years okay. that that's happened. Okay. So but okay. you know, who knows? Maybe now that the art hop was so successful that mm -hmm. that might be something yeah, implement. That might really you know serve to bloom a, a new crop of artists right. you know out there because it's definitely something that you know, I can speak from my experience with Art Hop. You know, we get a lot of kids that come through here and they've never seen art. And it's like, wow, this is their first experience mm -hmm. seeing paintings and stuff like that. You know, so it's really, you know, I always tell them, hey, like, what do you like? And keep drawing, you know, and you try to encourage them because this is the next generation. So just them coming out, seeing your stuff, there may be someone who can relate to what you're doing. And it's like, oh, okay, I could see myself doing this. You know, there may be a, you know, a young girl who looks at you and she's like, oh, wow. I can do this you know I, I see myself making these paintings I'm already drawing in, in crayon but mm -hmm. hey mom what's up on some watercolors so <laughs> yeah definitely that's right that's good yeah so outside of you know doing um outside of you know doing art and you know traveling what would you say are some of the things that 
that you enjoy that influence your art? Well, I think it's it's kind of gone the other way. Art has influenced everything. Let's go, let's go. I mean, I see differently. I, you know, now I'm just constantly looking at shadows and looking at highlights and seeing how the light goes through the trees and seeing the reflection on the pond. Or Mm -hmm. so it's it has changed my how I think constantly and, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking is that cerulean blue or is that ultramarine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. um and so even now when I travel whether it's you know with the organization or even just uh running up to Grant Grove or something like uh-huh. that it's like I want my paints with me mm-hmm. and um you know give me an hour yeah <laughs> right thing. right yeah definitely now have yeah. you been to Sequoia to paint yet I haven't, um, no, actually, I've just, my most recent one that I just po- posted was mm-hmm. just up in the foothills, right. so, but I haven't actually painted sequoias, but I would love to, mm-hmm. I, that's a goal, Yeah. because yeah. that's, it's you fun. know, so part of the central California. section mm-hmm. of, yeah, yeah California, mm-hmm. yeah. I have painted at the central coast, maybe, mostly Cambria area, Okay. and, and it's just, there's so many beautiful places mm-hmm. to paint along there. Yosemite? Haven't painted okay. in Yosemite. Yeah, that's got to be the classic, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, the that's half a, dome. Well, you, but you know what? You don't even, there's so much stuff. Like when I went there, I painted the river because it, it was like, there's so much stuff to paint here that when you get there, you're like, I don't even know if I want to paint half dome. Like I, this sticks out to me. You might find just mm-hmm. a little patch because there's so many different types of you know like yeah there's a lot of beauty up there and half dome is that's cool and that's like the iconic you know your yeah. thing but when you get there you're like well i want to paint that i want to paint that i want to paint that you know so yeah it's definitely an adventure you're right and i mm-hmm. think it's really cool if um that you can find the beautiful things outside of the iconic stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah Even yeah just how the root is coming up out of the the ground and mm-hmm. right you know? <laughs> exactly and that's yeah. you know painted if because if you paint it correctly anything Paint it true to form, anything is beautiful. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. So, and nature is, it's so, it, it's evolving all the time. You know, we have the four seasons. So that painting that you did in the, in the fall, you come back in the spring, the same spot. It's a completely different yeah. landscape. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Completely different colors, different palette, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So now who are some of your favorite artists? Well, I think um, as I've, myself been learning about art and um you know of course always appreciated the the impressionist era you know monet i, mm-hmm. I would love to travel to go see those in person and mm-hmm. back east and but i as far as what i what has piqued my interest to research and look at is the early california impressionists okay. and um to me they just look so modern uh their use of color and um the way they they paint it doesn't it's hard to believe that's over 100 years ago that mm-hmm. these people are painting like that you know we, mm-hmm. to me when i look at that that looks like oh that has to be somebody modern but no mm-hmm. they their mindset was already going that direction back then yeah so yeah yeah it's yeah. kind of a trip to me yeah california's had a rich uh tradition of artists like there's the california arts club who's like you know a bunch of landscape painters mm-hmm. and there's what was that guy's name is it thomas hill he has a studio in yosemite it's like a big old like studio he has like these big waterfall paintings and stuff um and i think i don't know if he was in the california arts club or if he was in 
another organization because you know there's always little sub schools right. and stuff like that but yeah i mean we we definitely have a rich tradition of artists yes. you know here and then we have the Hagen museum in stockton which is like the biggest collection of 19th and 20th century art in the central valley That's so cool yeah they had a picasso exhibit last time i went there oh, which wow. was kind of cool yeah yeah check yeah, that yeah. Out. yeah i know yeah. there's a big kind of Southern California, Laguna. I mean, there's so many plein air par artists down there, mm -hmm. and there's big stuff happening. So, yeah. And I think plein air is really taking off, too. That mm -hmm. That's something that maybe 10, 15 years ago wasn't a goal for Those most artists. Waves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing. Art goes in cycles, mm -hmm. you know. So it's, you know, now we're to the point where it's there's, like, this fight, you know, because when you look at things like Miami, it's, like, Art Basel is supposed to be the pinnacle of like professional art, you know, so you go and then it's, there's really cool stuff, but then you see, you know, you get like crazy abstract and then there's like, so there's this fight, you know, you get like the performance artists of the taped banana and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. so yeah, it's the definitely, <laughs> um, it, the, the, we're in a point where I feel like there's room for everyone mm -hmm. in this, you know, art, artist, um, universe ecosystem yeah. however you want to say it but it's just picking that lane sticking to it and not being um not being influenced by like whatever you think is hot and whatever everybody's doing because it's easy to get like thrown off you know um because there's so many like Instagram, you know, oh, this is guy got 50,000 likes. And you're like, wow, should I be painting Jimi Hendrix? Like, and it's like, nah, dude, like paint what you want. Like you don't need to paint Snoop Dogg or, you know, or, or be an exclusive celebrity painter or be an exclusive, um, what else? Well, and there's certain styles. Yeah. People are copying each other's styles yeah. too. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 definitely. Well, and you know, what's interesting is like, I feel like, it's it's one thing to because if you have like a if you have a mentor or a teacher and you come out of a school then your your style is going to be that school right and that's just like the way the, it's like okay I'm teaching you I'm teaching you the way that I do it and then that way you can take this method and move on so mm -hmm. it's one thing to like gain the method and it's another thing to apply it and put your own personality into it and I think that's what that's where the fun is, you know, is applying the method. But learning it is such a, like, such a tedious thing that, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, people get, I guess, caught up in the, because that's where I'm at now. I'm like, you know, I have a hang glider and I'm just out here, you know, in, in the sky. It's like, okay, figure it out. You know, you kind of got the, got the pieces, but I also know that there's more to learn. Sure. You know, yeah. And, and I think it's it's important to learn the rules so that you can break them. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of cliche, but mm -hmm. but really, you know, you have to understand the whole difference between like the values and the temperatures and stuff mm -hmm. so that you can take your own spin on it mm -hmm. and yeah. know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. uh, a, a wise man once said, if you can paint with no style, then you can paint it with anything at all with style. <laughs> but the whole thing is learning how to paint with no style. Right. We're all striving to paint like fourth graders <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy though is here's the thing is i, I would like to talk about that because that's a that's a really great point a fourth grader the thing about a fourth grader is they take risks and they don't care right adults we care we have all of these like crazy predisposed you know rules and things like that but the fourth grader like they're just doing whatever you yes. know and it's like when can we get to the point where you're just doing whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to unlearn 
the voices that have come along the way of, mm -hmm. well, you need to be doing it this way, or mm -hmm. that looks crooked, or, you yeah. know, that, and so and then we tell ourselves, oh, shoot, I can't do this, you know, I'm not good at this, so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. So let's take a turn. Let's talk about cinema. What are some of your favorite movies? Oh, wow. Um, I can go anywhere let's from go. something super cheesy and kind of like chick flicky, like Kate and Leopold. I'm a big Hugh Jackman fan. So go from there to Wolverine. I'm happy with either. <laughs> I love the classics. Um, gosh, we just watched uh, Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, um, anything with Humphrey Bogart, all the black and whites. Uh, do you ever watch Spengoolie? So it's all the old, old like um, Dracula and Frankenstein movies and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had some awesome costume design back then. Even though it was like crazy, you know, like some of that stuff, it was like a less is more sort of thing. Yeah. You know. Yep. Then and probably one of my go-to movies, Nacho Libre. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. So there's mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd. But. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. another favorite is uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Have you ever watched mm. oh, that yeah, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Robert Williams, yeah. Remember or, when he had the patch over his eye and oh, then he yeah. was like at the Steve dinner Martin. table? Yeah. Yes, Steve yes, Martin. yes, yes. Steve Martin, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Steve Martin, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Steve Martin. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, how about guy. you? How about me? <laughs> oh, wow, we're asking questions <laughs> on here, yeah. Um, I like, I like all types of movies, but I could just five random movies. Let's go, um... I'm trying to think in like a chronological order, but I'll just spit out five random movies in the top of my head. Uh, Harlem Nights is a good one. Um, Casino is a good one. Uh, what else is good? Uh, yeah, man. Okay. Do you like the action? Yeah, but like that's what I was like, because there's because there's all types of like I like frame like like Spaceballs. That's a great movie. <laughs> Predator is one of my all-time oh, favorite yeah. movies. Yep. You know. Um, scary. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is like my dad, he was in the military and like I was um, in kindergarten and he let me watch Predator and Full Metal Jacket oh, in the same day. So like it was just for me and those movies are wild. Those are not for kindergartners, you know, but, hey, whatever. So I was just watching and I would, I love Predator. I would watch it a bunch and it was just, you know, as a kid, you know, just like, okay, whatever, you know, and it was a, it was a trip because I don't even think I realized like the level of violence that was in that movie because you know you're in the G.I. Joes and Transformers and stuff like that but then also there was a Transformer movie and Optimus Prime died you know so I think they're like that and I cried mm -hmm. when he died like oh man you know and then you get but then after that it's like oh well this is just it happens like if Optimus Prime can die anybody yeah. can die. It happens to Optimus Prime. Yeah. Well, here's our generation gap. So when you were watching Predator in kindergarten, I was in high school. See, <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. But see, you know, hey, that's... See, that. art brings it all back around. Yeah, for sure. You know? You know? And, <laughs> yeah, but you know, everything's relative, right? Yeah. And that, and that just goes to show everything is, you know, time. And some people say time is a concept, you know, that's man-made. But I also think that good things are good things and no matter what age you are you can appreciate quality mm -hmm. so but yeah that's i mean hey you were you know you were in high school watching predator but <laughs> you know that's 
the the thing is though is the, and we're both here now on the podcast. I love it. You know? Yep. Love so it. that's that's how that's going. It's a beautiful thing. But yeah, there's you know I like all types of movies. I like um, I'm trying to think of like some really good like drama movies. Memento. That was a good one. Have you ever seen that? No. It's about this guy who like. Man, I don't want to spoil it for you, but he—it's a really good movie, and it's about this guy who can who has like short-term memory problems, and he can only remember for like 10, 15 minutes max, and he's trying to find a killer. That's oh. all, like, and it's like oh, so yeah, he's yeah. just going through, yeah, and he okay. can only remember for like a short amount of time. That was a good one. Um, it's like Fifty First Dates only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, not like a lot of, you know, action movies, drama movies, um, comedies. I'm really big into like stand up, you know, like Eddie Murphy's comedies, Martin Lawrence, you know, mm-hmm. um, Dave Chappelle, you know, I'm really into that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, or like, um, I'm trying to think of like some class, some other classics. You know, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That was yeah. one of that oh, was a classic. Oh no, that's a terrible movie. Really? Oh, is it? Gosh. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> See, so is it terrible? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Okay. Touche. All right. You know, hey. That's all right. That's, that's all right. But you see, those are. But those are. You know. But that's all thing. But you know, we. You can respectfully disagree you know we can respectfully disagree but yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah because it's cheesy it's not it's not supposed to be like a uh, serious movie it's like cheesy you know and that's things can be so bad that they're good um yeah so. Do you ever watch uh mst 3000 it's um, mystery science theater yeah yeah yeah, yeah i grew up on that okay, yeah i was yeah. pro and you tom servo that's and, yeah. right yeah watch mm-hmm. a lot of those guys okay yeah. so that yeah. talk about cheesy bad movies yeah mm-hmm. yeah and they were yeah that was they were in, in front of the um the, the 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 movie screen you just saw their their um their shadows uh-huh. yeah if you guys are hip to mystery science theater 3000 you should really check it out it's good stuff <laughs> It's really good stuff. I think it started on the Sci-Fi Channel, didn't it? I think so. Long, long time mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. yeah. Early 90s, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was, yeah, that was when that was all popping, man. <laughs> yep. The science, the, the Sci-Fi Channel, they had some good stuff. That Alienation. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. That And that was the movie, like, Akira first came out on that. The science, the Sci-Fi Channel, Sci-Fi Channel, they broke a lot of stuff. They, they broke a lot of stuff. How do you feel about science fiction? Are you into it? Yes. Yep. Always um, actually enjoyed reading sci-fi. Like in high school, you have, you have required readings. So, mm. so I'd pick up, was it Isaac Asimov? Or yeah, watched Star Trek growing up. Okay. And all the reruns. Yeah, okay. Star Wars. So what's Back your favorite? Star Wars was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I I haven't seen the new one yet, so disclaimer. Yeah, you know, they kind of went off the rails. (laughs) So, what's your favorite series of Star Trek? Is it the first? Is it Captain Kirk series? Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk is great. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. So, okay, but how do you feel about Captain Picard? No. Really? I watched, I did watch The Next Generation, Mm -hmm. and it just, 
and it was good. It mm-hmm. was good. But, you know, if you have to choose one, it's always Captain Kirk. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. He was, well, James was a lot cooler. You know, yeah. James, well, smoother, we'll say. Captain Picard, he had a, he was cool, but he wasn't as smooth as Kirk. Kirk was more of a ladies' man. <laughs> you know, so that's like the difference between them. Captain Picard, he was just like, he was like Papa Smurf. I mean, you he's know? more kinder, gentler. Yeah, Captain mm-hmm. Kirk just photon torpedoes now mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah blow them up yeah you know and you know what's interesting though is i remember seeing that and thinking wow like this is crazy he's looking at someone talking to them and now we have video chat you know so yeah. we're here you know i mean like we have ipads you know all of that stuff is here so yeah that's it's it's crazy how technology has you know evolved and we're here but we still don't have like the back to the future type no, stuff. No we're still missing jetpacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure by high school I'd have mm-hmm. a jetpack. Yeah they're working on them. I was watching some some guy on the Discovery Channel and they're working on them but it's like it, there's so much room for error with the way that they're doing them and I'm like yeah that's bad. Yeah. You know and then you have to well but you know what's crazy is um because if you think about like the Jetsons right like that's a that's like a thing where they're flying in the air and you wonder like how is this going to work and I have a theory my theory is that there will be towers placed right and there'll be like and if you have a jetpack or you have a car it's like a magnetic tower and it, it, it keeps you in this particular lane and that way you don't have people crashing in the buildings or anything like that you have different lanes for like the jetpacks and you have like the high speed cars and stuff like that so watch all I'm right calling it out, guys. that's the first time i've heard that yeah. one yeah oh. i'm telling you yeah, yeah yeah for sure that's man we here we're at art and bs podcast you know what's <laughs> happening you guys so yeah so now carrie let, let's talk about like as far as like your artistic practice and creating art do you have like a certain schedule to make art or do you make it when it calls you or how does that work out so it's not realistic for me and my schedule to be able to paint every day like Mm -hmm. so i don't have like a certain schedule every day to be painting Mm -hmm. but i think of it more as a weekly schedule um so i mentioned i have a mentor and i have a phone call every wednesday morning Mm -hmm. and so that would be a really uncomfortable embarrassing phone call if i don't have something to show for my week Mm -hmm. so i make sure that um that i have some progress and something to discuss Mm -hmm. on that uh on that phone call so so i think of it as weekly that i need to have a project complete within the week and um i i for me I, I kind of get fatigued after about an hour and a half, need to step away, go do something. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I haven't built up the stamina, like maybe some professional artists who can paint eight to 10 hours mm-hmm. a day, you know, mm-hmm. for the entire week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I haven't built that up, but um, I can do a, a couple of sessions, a one and a okay. half hour sessions per day. Okay. And then, yeah. Okay. And so. then, so then some nights, it's, it's just like Tuesday, you look and you're like, blank canvas, you're like, yeah. <laughs> let me break out the liquid so it dries fit. That's right, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Quick still life, all the prima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the beauty of that, though, is if I didn't have that accountability, mm-hmm. like, for instance, um, I think I've maybe painted 48 paintings this year. Ooh. And so if I didn't have that accountability, I would... Prior to having that Wednesday morning phone call, I think I did 18 paintings the, the, the year without. Mm, okay. 
So, wow. so that is really, I think I've grown a lot mm -hmm. quicker because just the experience, you know, okay. the quantity. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, like my OGs tell me speed through repetition, <laughs> speed through repetition. You just keep painting and then boom, that's yes. how you get it. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm such, um, my speed finishing paintings is quite a bit faster. So okay. my first couple of years, I think each painting, just average size painting maybe took 15 to 20 hours to complete. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I'm down maybe to maybe five, okay. five hours for just a, a smaller painting. Nice, so, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, that's cool, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, hitting that punching bag, leveling <laughs> up. I hear it. Yeah, so we're, we're basically, we're hitting the tail end of the episode, Carrie. Um, do you have any shout outs that you want to give? Ah, well, certainly I'd like to say thank you to Stefan Bauman for, um, I appreciate that he, he does have that opportunity for people to, uh, to be coached. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm probably one of 80 students. So, mm -hmm. so, and, and so if anybody who's kind of new like me or even more experienced, but I think coaching is a, or mentoring, that's mm -hmm. a really great way to, um, to improve your art other you know i'm from the small town don't know too many other artists so i was painting in a bubble mm -hmm. and um there's not too many people you can have an art conversation with right, you know and right. it's just your casual life so i think it's um i really appreciate that a big shout out to you of course and thank you for inviting me and that's the pinnacle of my my 2020 already <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming no yeah yeah i appreciate yeah. it yeah mm -hmm. yeah because it, it's one of those things folks where and of course you guys don't know but it's been like you know carrie and i have been trying to get our schedules straight so we could do this so i thoroughly appreciate her oh, taking her time gosh, out to you know you. show up yeah definitely <laughs> So, and right. then now, where can they catch you online if they want to, you know, get some, some sure. artwork from you or? Sure. So, CarrieTavesArt.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram as uh, Carrie Taves Fine Art. Okay. And so, and Carrie is spelled like the scary movie. So, there's a million <laughs> ways to spell Carrie. Definitely. And we'll put your information <laughs> okay. and we'll put your Instagram in the, in the description right. so they can go ahead and you know and follow you get some artwork you know see what you have going down because you know 75 percent of the proceeds you guys are going towards a charity so keep that in mind you know supporting artists who support you know impoverished communities is very important cool thank you <laughs> so you could be anywhere on the internet but you're here with us and we appreciate that catch us again next week same bs time same bs channel <laughs> This is your host from the West Coast, James Drills. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James over and out. All right, y'all. <laughs>